Years ago, Apple ran a commercial with two guys to illustrate the differences in their Mac computers versus the PC computers of everyone else. With the cool guy saying, I'm a Mac, and this not-so-cool guy saying that I'm a PC. Sometimes the not-so-cool PC guy would be blown up like a beach ball to illustrate how PCs were bloated with unnecessary stuff. Other times, he'd be in a wheelchair to illustrate how often PCs would crash. Well, here's a spoof on those series of commercials related to what we're going to talk about today. So watch this. Hello, I'm creation. And I am the theory of evolution. Why, why are you so happy? Oh, are you kidding? Because I have hope. Hope? Mm-hmm. You know, in the assurance that I have a purpose. A purpose? Mm-hmm. You can have one too, you know. I want one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Everybody wants to have a purpose. That's not true. Some people want to hold to the unproven fact that we're nothing more than a bunch of protoplasmic goo that evolved over billions of years and will end up as cosmic garbage, therefore serving no one or no purpose at all. No hope or purpose? Right. That's so sad. Well, let me say it is sad when hope is on hiatus or is taken a vacation and forgot to bring us along. And in the eighth chapter of Job, one of his friends gave a speech related to this about what's wrong in our world. And in this speech, he gives one little phrase that really sums up what's going on in our society today. It's from Job 8, verse 13 in the Living Bible. Those who forget God have no hope. We see the truth of this statement in every aspect of our society, don't we? But the further you get from God, the less hope you have. The opposite's also true. The closer you get to God, the more hope you will have. The most hopeful people are those who are closest to God. You probably notice that lots of people put their hope, however, in other things. Particularly right now, you can't turn on the news without realizing that a lot of people are putting their hope in politics because they can't figure out how else to make a difference in the world. But let me tell you, hope does not lie in the person put into the White House. Hope lies rather in the man put on the cross. Democrat, Republican, Independent, they are not our Savior when people don't have a higher power in God, they tend to make things like government their higher power because they can't think of anything greater to change the problems of the world. But we have something with a much greater power than any of the governments in the world. We have God. As the Bible says, those who forget God are missing out on true hope. Rick Warren wrote about this, about what happens to a culture who forgets about God, and it's this. Wealth is idolized. Politics become polarized. Truth is minimized. Life becomes trivialized. Television is vulgarized. Advertising is sensualized. Everything becomes sexualized. Our conscience is desensitized. Education is secularized. Sports are scandalized. Morals and ethics are liberalized. The courts, they're paralyzed. The breakup of the family is rationalized. Manners become uncivilized. Christians are demonized and God is marginalized. It's no wonder a lot of people don't have any hope. And when it comes to hope, what is it really? Well, let me say real hope is theological, but without God, the best hope can be is merely psychological. That means real hope is more than optimism. Real hope and optimism are not the same thing because optimism is telling yourselves without any basis of fact, things are really not that bad. But real hope says things might actually be that bad when the facts warrant it. 
but I have someone to help me through this, and I have someone to help me beyond this. Thus, optimism is psychological, hope is theological. Optimism plays loosely with the facts, while real hope lays firmly with the Father. But when we hear the word hope used today, it can really mean one of three things. The first is wishful hope. Let's say you're driving and you're late to some very important thing and you say to yourself, I hope that light turns green. Are you really confident that it's going to turn green? Not really. You're just wishing that it would. Nothing you hope for in that way is going to consistently change anything. So wishful thinking isn't really hope at all. It's like buying one of those lottery tickets for a $100 million lotto and you say, I hope I win. Quite honestly, your odds are better to be chosen to go to the moon if we ever decide to send people back there than they are in winning one of those $100 million Powerball lotteries. So the wishful brand of thinking is not the kind of hope that you can build a life on. Second kind of hope we call expectant hope. Here, there is some basis of reality rather than just wishful thinking. For instance, if I go and I plant some tomato seeds in my yard, And I say, I hope they sprout. I do have a reason for that hope because I did something beyond just wishful thinking. But even though I've planted those tomato seeds, does that mean I can absolutely 100% expect to have tomatoes on my table? No. Why? Because things like soil condition, climate, temperature, rain, bugs, birds, animals, they all can dash expectant hope. It's not a sure thing. Thus, expectant hope can potentially be the cause of great disappointment, an untold heartache, and overwhelming feelings of failure. But then there's a third kind of hope the Bible talks about that you can anchor your soul in. It's called certain hope. It's not wishing. It's not just expecting. But it's knowing for certain. Hebrews 11.1 in the New Century Version tells us, Faith means being sure of things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. Because you see, faith and hope are two sides of the same coin. That's why Job's friend said those who forget God have no hope. You need to have hope to have faith. And you need to have faith to have hope. You first need to believe so that you can have something to believe in. If not, you're just wishing for something that's not very probable, or you're expecting something that's not very certain. And while the Bible speaks of faith together with hope and with love, we understand love, we can understand faith, but hope we're, we're less certain of. So look with me at Hebrews six eighteen and 19 in the Living Bible, which tells us, we who have fled to God for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Strong here means that this hope is solid. It's sturdy. It's stable. It's unchanging. And hope is trustworthy means that it's dependable. It's reliable. And you can set your life on it. Now it's been said, you can go a few weeks without food, a few days without water, A few minutes without air, but not a few seconds without hope. Because if you don't have hope, something within you dies. You have to have hope to live. You lose all hope and you do die. 
In fact, just this week, you may have seen on the news in Lake County, a 13 and a 14-year-old kid were arrested after planning a Columbine-style shooting in their middle school. And when questioned, one said, I was just kidding, I'm sorry. When the other one said much more truthfully, he was depressed and he didn't want to live. A search of their homes revealed they indeed had loaded guns. So their loss of hope, if not detected, could have been taking many, many people's lives at their school. It's truly frightening. And the loss of hope is truly frightening. You lose hope and some part of you inside dies. So Hebrews 6, 8 and 9 says that this hope is a strong and trustworthy what? Anchor. Anchor for our souls. And what's the purpose of an anchor? Well, actually it has a couple of purposes. One is to keep a ship from aimlessly drifting. And another is to add stability to a ship in a storm. And these are the same things that those young teens in Lake County needed last week to keep them from drifting into that scary place that they found themselves. Also to give them stability in the very difficult storms of life they obviously were experiencing. These are the same two things that you and I need in our lives. This is why we need to study hope. This is why we need sturdy hope, why we need strong hope. And this is also why we need it as an anchor of our souls. Because the anchor of our soul isn't money, it isn't fame, is isn't any other thing you can focus your life on. The anchor of your soul is hope. And hope is what keeps you and me from drifting into hopelessness, drifting into emptiness, feelings of uncertainty, feelings of dread, feelings of fear. And let me say, you don't start out drifting directly into any of those kinds of things or the depth of those kinds of things. You start drifting slowly at first into things that don't raise a red flag. You start drifting into things like boredom or things like staleness or restlessness or just being unsure about what to do with yourself or unsure about something in your life. But the drifting starts there and then it drifts into more serious, harder to get past and get back from stuff. That's why you need an anchor for your soul. Now, the other purpose of an anchor is stability in the storm. When a ship it runs into a storm, it lets down an anchor. And what it does is it stops the side-to-side pitching and rolling. It's the same with us when a storm in life hits us. It knocks us off balance. It tips us one way and another and another as we try to figure things out. But with hope, anchoring our soul keeps us much, much steadier. Now, the oldest of anchors were simply a big old rock, the rope tied to it. Or it could be a bag of rocks with a rope tied to it. Of course, as anchors became more effective, they had hooks on them, like the one pictured on the screen. And the hooks could dig into the ocean floor and hold it steady. Besides the anchor having a hook, other thing that made them effective would be their size. Notice the size of the chain in this picture from an oil tanker. Each of those links weighs 500 pounds. Makes the guy walking on them look like a minifigure from Legos. But that's just the chain. Here's the anchor. Notice the teeth on it to grip the ocean floor. It weighs 75 tons. And the man in the foreground looks even smaller than the mini Lego guy on the chain. The point is, the bigger the ship, the bigger the anchor. So too for you and me. The bigger, the fuller, the more abundant life that you want to live, the bigger anchor you'll need. Because you'll have some storms in your life 
They're going to try to tip you this way and that and try to capsize you. That's why you need an anchor for your soul. And the teeth for that anchor in your soul, the hook for that anchor for your soul, which digs in keeping you from drifting, rocking, and capsizing in life, frankly, is God. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19 in the Living Bible goes on to say, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul because it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And the curtain here is referring to the curtain separating people of the world in the temple of Jerusalem from that most holy place in which God was present in the inner sanctuary. So this God's hope lies right before us. It's strong and trustworthy. It's an anchor for our souls because it leads us through all the things of the world that would keep us hopeless, would keep us separated from God, puts us smack dab right in the middle of God's intimate presence. And it taps us into the holy and the divine power of God. And that's what hope does. And the things of world on the other side of this curtain that would keep us from less hope than God wants for us, or even hopeless at times, or stuff like feeling alone or abandoned. Your life's out of control. You're without a purpose. Feeling overcome by grief and a loss. Feeling guilt or shame. Feeling deeply wounded by someone overwhelmed by temptation, overcome with fear, feeling discouraged and defeated. Yes, God leads us past all those things with his hope. I want to share with you a true story involving a couple people whose lives were, let me say, very much consumed by hopeless things. And yet God's hope broke through the curtain of their hopelessness, separating them from a devastating, devastating sense of hopelessness and instead put him into that presence and that power of his hope. Now it began March 11th, 2005 in Atlanta when a young man named Brian Nichols, who was on trial for rape, was brought to the Fulton County Courthouse. Somehow he managed to grab a deputy's gun, shooting the judge and killing him. Then shooting the court reporter, killing her. Then shooting a deputy sheriff, killing him. And later that day, shooting a federal agent, killing him. Four people murdered the day that he escaped. A massive manhunt began to catch this escape killer all over Atlanta. But he was able to get outside of Atlanta where he attacked a young woman coming home from a late night trip to a convenience store. Before all this unfolded, that young woman who was attacked named Ashley Smith, she was a meth addict. She had lost custody of her daughter And her husband actually had been murdered in a drug deal. She was a young, now childless widow without hope. Attending Celebrate Recovery meeting, she was given a book called The Purpose Driven Life, in which she deposited in the trash can on the way out. But the lady who gave it to her noticed that, retrieved it, and got it back to her. So in coming home from a convenience store around midnight, Ashley Smith was attacked by Brian Nichols, who had that day murdered four people and now had taken her hostage in her own apartment. It was a case of two hopeless people's lives becoming tragically entangled together. Watch this about their two lives, how it unfolded in this clip from the movie of their true story called Captive. I lost everything. My husband's dead, and they said I was an unfit mother. Took away my little girl. 
Have you heard of this book? Help me. You're late, Ashley. Lady dropped this off for you. When I heard I had a son, I had to break out. Breaking story right now. Police looking for this man. Murder suspect Brian Nichols. I want eyes in the sky. All choppers up now. Let's flush Nichols out. My name is Ashley Smith. I'm a mother. I don't trust you, Ashley. You scream again, and I will have to kill you. I need to see my daughter. You're not going anywhere. God, please help me. You call me out upon. What is that? What are you doing? Just a book. Read it to me. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. Expects you to make the most of what you have been given. I haven't been given anything. You have a son. Christopher, it's your daddy. You're gonna hear some bad things about me. Whatever happens, I love you, little man. The greatest tragedy is not death, but life without purpose. Stand up! Could you forgive me? I don't know, but maybe God can. After encountering God through the Purpose Driven Life book, Brian Nichols let Ashley Smith go and surrendered. Now, the actor who played Brian Nichols is David Aiello, who appeared in the movie Selma as Martin Luther King Jr. He received a Golden Globe nomination for it. And he is a strong Christian. He also produced the movie. And listen to what he had to say about the real Ashley Smith and the real Brian Nichols in this conversation with Purpose Driven Life author Rick Warren. Well, one of the most incredible things Ashley Smith said to me, she was with us on the film for a lot of the shooting of it, was that it was God's way of saying, you've messed up too much, you deserve death. She she was hopeless. She had lost custody of her daughter. Her husband had died, had been murdered in a drug-related incident. She couldn't shake this drug. So she was in a place of hopelessness. But what happened was that Brian Nichols held a gun to her head and told her to take meth, the very drug that had kept her captive for so many years. And she says, in that moment, she felt, and she basically heard God saying, are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? Wow. And that was the point beyond which she never touched that drug again. Incredible that that was the moment beyond which she found purpose and she found a hope for a life beyond the darkest moment of her life. And I think it's the same thing for Brian Nichols. He had also run out of hope. He he had been in jail uh, already for a year, uh, awaiting trial uh, for for, for rape. Uh And even though he is now serving multiple life sentences in jail, I actually met his his mother for the first time about two, two weeks ago. She said that he said very recently that he is where he is supposed to be, which is a a really chilling thing to say. But in that moment when when Ashley was reading your book to her, I truly believe that what was speaking to his spirit is he may have he may have run out of credit here on earth, Mm -hmm. but there is a life beyond this life. And there there is hope for him beyond this life. Um, and to take yet another life in the shape of, of, of Ashley's would be just a further erosion of, of, of his own life. And so there was a hope of something beyond that, 
that situation they were in even for him. Indeed, there was a hope for something beyond that situation even for him. And let me be very clear. There is hope of God for you, just as there was for Ashley, a drug-addicted woman who lost custody of her daughter, lost her husband in a drug-related murder. Just as there was hope for Brian, a killer of four innocent people that day. Yes, there is, too, a hope of God for you, for something beyond whatever situation or whatever place that you find yourself in right now. And if you find yourself in a place where your hope is waning, you're not alone. Because we're all susceptible to that. It happens to all of us from time to time. But there is a hope of God beyond all understanding just for you. Isaiah 42, 2 and 3 in the New Living Translation puts it like this. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. If you find yourself without hope or waning in any way, again, you're not alone. Because we're all susceptible to that. Happens to all of us from time to time. But there is a hope of God. It's beyond all understanding. It's just for you. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19 in the Living Bible again says, We who have fled to God for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and a trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And in the very presence of God, his hope became an anchor for the soul of Ashley Smith and for the soul of Brian Nichols. In God's very presence, his hope is to also be the very anchor of your soul. So won't you embrace that? Go ahead, do so. Embrace that hope. And don't ever let it go. Will you pray with me? Great God, be with each of us this morning. All of us, Father, struggle with hopelessness. All of us struggle with being overwhelmed. All of us struggle, Father, with sometimes wondering what life is about and what's my place in it. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you would help us to receive what you've shown us. Help us to have absolute confidence, Father, in your word and in the fact that you are there with us. The curtain in life, Father, that separates us from you can be all sorts of things. But we pray, Father, that as we engage you and embrace your hope, that you help us to break through that so that your presence and your power will be evident in our lives and will help us no matter how tough things may be to get through those things and beyond those things, Father. Only you have the power to do that. So may we receive you and that power in our life every day, multiple times a day, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.